0: So, my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and Bible. This is the show where we look at world religion, friends, in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, regular host of the South Australia Weekly Bible Study. Our theme for this week is truth in the age of fake news. And our big questions, um, Monday, for example, we had, can truth exist in the age of fake news? Also, we dealt on Tuesday with, how do the scriptures speak of end time religion? Wednesday, don't all religions lead to the same end? And yesterday, we were talking about, isn't it arrogant? to say Jesus the only way. But today, what does just Jesus mean? Our co-host is Pastor Gary, minister of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church and regular host on Big Q&A. Pastor Gary, why have we swept chairs today? You are in the hot seat today. What's
1: Nick have hey! You. thank you thank you so much for your welcome really do appreciate it do you know I really uh, have to accept that uh, sitting in the uh, in the co-host uh, seat today is a little bit of a, a challenging experience because I remember way back when I actually taught my my children to drive a car I remember sitting in the in the co seat in the passenger seat in the car and I have to admit, I'm feeling very much the same today. You know, and Nick uh, is a is a fantastic presenter. Nick's presented in uh, in South Australia many times, but I'm conscious that today we're actually uh, experimenting on some uh, new equipment that Nick's not familiar with. So uh, today uh, I'm sitting in the co-host chair. Nick is in the uh, driver's seat, and uh, I am sweating just a little bit more than uh, than normal. But why am I sitting here? Because very soon, Nick, I'm going. Going to be having some long service leave. In fact, uh, just one one more week. uh, This time next week will be my uh, last program uh, for about uh, four or five weeks, uh, so that I can have a break. And I'm really looking forward to it, Nick. You know, it's a fantastic thing to be able to have a break. This is long service leave that uh, I've been wanting to have for a while. But uh, uh, yeah, it's great to actually finally be taking it. And may I ask you, uh, what are you planning
0: on doing while you are away?
1: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question actually. We were actually originally planning to go overseas for an extended break overseas, but uh that's uh, not going to uh, not going to happen. Uh so we're actually going to be staying at home. We're going to be enjoying each other's company. My wife will be on uh, uh on school vacation for the first 2 weeks of uh, of that and uh we're planning on doing some uh, uh some tripping around the Adelaide uh area, the hills area out to the coast. Uh, you know, we are so privileged here in Oz uh, to be able to to experience what we've actually got here and you know I'm I'm really looking forward to having a quiet time in my garden I've got a stack of reading that I actually want to do I've actually got a list that I think is going to take me about 6 months to uh, to actually fulfill so I may need to have a, a, another vacation when I come back from my long service leave but I am really looking forward to doing it And I believe your shed is already sorted out or you may need to do some work there too. (laughs) No, no, no. My shed is, resembles many people's sheds. My shed is a total disgrace and a total mess, but I do hope that is one of the items that's on my, on my list. My garden is on my list. And, uh, you know, I, I I hope uh, that uh, I'm able to resolve those issues uh, within a month. Well, Gary, we wish you a very good time, you know, in, for this period of, time,
0: you know, four, five weeks, four weeks, and uh, looking forward to see you back again. Yeah. Yeah. It's also great to have uh, in the studio David Dilemma, state representative of uh, Family Voice Australia. Welcome, David. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be broadcasting again. Really appreciate the work uh, that Family Voice does Around Australia. Mm. Interested in chatting with you about some of the challenges of gambling, David. Mm, Yes. Is gambling a big issue? Yes. Like Lotto, horses,
2: pokies, Two flowers walking up the wall. <laughs> yes, Aussies will gamble on anything and unfortunately we are among the most gambling of all people in the world. Is it would you right? Be- would you believe we have more than 20% of the world's gambling machines? Wow. Poker machines. Such a small country in population and yet such a high proportion of gaming machines. So this problem is getting worse. Our entire culture has gone gambling mad and we keep accommodating ourselves to the needs of the gambling industry at the huge cost of a great hurt that's done to families and to small business.
0: Mm-hmm. Which means is that uh, gambling on the increase yes. in uh, in Australia? Yes well the proliferation of internet gambling
2: is a recent phenomenon and if you've got a smartphone now or a tablet, home computer you don't need to go down to the poker machine venue or the casino you can just switch on your device and gambling uh, is then available so yeah it's,
0: it's increased markedly as a result of that and especially it's impacted young people Mm, absolutely. And I was just going to mention about that if uh, online gambling, it's, uh, it's on the rise. Mm. Most people see uh, this as an uh, innocent uh, pastime. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a bit of uh, an interest if you will uh, something that is a bit of fun in, in the office on the Melbourne Cup or bet with the mates on uh, midweek lotto is there any real harm in it? Well uh, a large
2: proportion of people become problem gamblers and 1 in 25 young people would you believe have a gambling problem they cannot legally gamble but they've got a gambling problem because it has enveloped our entire culture and there are many stories of people who have found that their gambling person in their family has fleeced the assets or spent the week's rent money or the food money and those families are suffering. So uh, while for many people um, the harm is fairly minimal, uh, there are too many people for whom it's a real problem and for their sake especially and for the sake of young people, children growing up, we need to severely curtail the gambling
0: Do you reckon uh, during this time of COVID-19, is that um, also an makes a difference mm. in people's life uh, yes. are they more running into those uh, it, it things? Does, yes uh, everything,
2: everything that can go wrong is going wrong because of this dreaded virus, people are putting on more weight mm-hmm. they're drinking more, they're taking more drugs, they're gambling more uh, they're breaking up relationally more because everyone's stuck at home nagging each other and causing trouble so uh, we, have, we don't, don't have the right Christian framework to be able to handle this crisis, It should be a time when we're loving our neighbour and loving our families and turning to God in repentance above
0: all, but instead were too busy... (laughs) drinking, <laughs> eating, mm. <laughs> gambling. I mean, we know that uh, we live in a um, very individualistic society and probably this is uh, also another um, refuge, if you yeah, like, you know, to, um, to run into those things. And, uh, hey, I, um, I know that uh, uh, Nick uh, Xenophon, he was starting this uh, party mm. on nopokis yeah. uh, What do you know about that? Uh,
2: well, this is going back a few years now. Um, let me think. It's about 25 oh. years ago that he started his party and that was just when poker machines had been introduced into South Australia. And he was a lawyer and he represented a fellow who had been absolutely taken to the cleaners by the gambling industry. And Nick was so angry about this. There was a public outcry and he managed to scrape up enough votes to get into Parliament. But unfortunately, both the major parties love gambling. Uh, and so what could one man do? Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't really able to achieve very much by way of gambling reform. Uh, and unfortunately, our churches need to speak up on this issue as well, not just leave it up to one person. But we need a reformation in the entire culture led by the Christian community, and that's why at Family Voice we're currently running a program to uh, encourage members of Parliament to bring about gambling reform.
0: All right, which means then uh, the church needs to be a bit more uh, out there, you know, to speak about it, not just leave it for the uh, legislation and uh, so on. Yes. Okay. Sometimes, you know, we in the church, we're thinking that, um, you know, it's not our business Mm to to talk about those things we yes. are more like to you know, open the Bible but you know even the Bible talks about gambling uh, yes, and, absolutely. and uh, the effects of the negative effects of, of it and yeah. particularly in, uh, in our days you can really see that how much harm does to mm. family and individuals yes and uh, as Christians
2: we have a responsibility to make sure that vulnerable people are protected from harm and and that's the whole virtue of law Paul says that the uh, civil authority is there to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. So whatever's good and right should be
0: encouraged and whatever's negative should be curtailed. Absolutely. And David, in the past I know you have expressed concerns about the challenges of advertising gambling to children. Mm. What are the issues? Yes, we've got a real problem here because
2: our kids cannot watch a football match on TV without being exposed persistently to gambling options. And the evening news uh, where, where there's a strong sports Section. is also one where we have a lot of gambling advertising. So the evening news ought to be a family-friendly opportunity and watching football on TV ought to be a safe, family-friendly enterprise. But children are being exposed to gambling. So we've made this accommodation in in relation to sports. So uh, family TV doesn't allow gambling advertising Except for a sports program Mm. So that's not good enough So we need to really sort that out In order to protect children from being
0: Saturated by this gambling ethos and particularly children, uh, even before they go to school, they spend uh, thousands of hours in front of the TV Correct. and being exposed to all sorts of Correct. Uh, uh, adverts and uh, and so
2: on. That's right. And on the way to school, if they go into the local shop to buy a lolly, mm. they'll be exposed to gambling. because Because uh, every, every neighbourhood, small supermarket or large supermarket or shopping precinct has got gambling opportunities. You can't go into the newsagent without being uh, exposed to about four, Forms of gambling. Uh, so, w- why has our family marketplace been taken over by this insidious, um,
0: soul-destroying, addictive problem of gambling?
3: Mm.
0: And. It, it can appear that sometimes it's a bit of an innocent thing, you mm. know, just to go with the children, let's buy a lotto mm. ticket today, mm. it's, well, maybe even a, a birthday thing or some other things. Mm. Is that from an innocent uh, uh, attitude can turn out into something uh, difficult to it deal can. with in life? Yes, it can, because one
2: thing leads to another. Mm. Um, I don't believe in any forms of gambling. If someone even knocks on my door selling a bingo ticket or something, I'll make a donation, but I don't want any tickets, because I do not want to Benefit from someone else's loss. I think that's an unchristian thing. Uh, we ought to have transactions where both parties are happy with the outcome. I make something and you buy it from me. I'm happy that you buy it. You're you're happy to buy it off me. And whereas in gambling, I'm hoping that you will lose so that I will gain at your benefit. It's the entirely opposite of the Christian command to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. It's not that uh, attitude of giving. It's more like getting, Correct. getting, Correct. and it also. Uh, is the inverse of God's plan for wealth creation because wealth creation requires effort, knowledge, raw materials, persistence hard work whereas gambling is getting a million dollars for nothing Uh, years ago you could ask children how is it that you will become wealthy and they'll say oh oh, that's easy they'd give you a business plan an idea for a new invention to market it and to make some honest money whereas now you ask the same question they'll say oh
0: that's easy you just win the lottery Hmm. That's so true. Hey David um, it's very good to have you with us again here and uh, thank you very much for the work what uh, um, Family Voice Australia is doing Mm. and uh, we need to have more people standing up there and uh, bringing up these issues to to discussion and um, yeah I hope that you'll uh, be able to come back with uh, more information for us next time good to have with us today here thank you very much thank you Nick I look forward to the next time
3: do
1: Hello, my good friends. This is Pastor Gary. I'm daily host of Drive Time. I'm excited to be able to share with you a wonderful opportunity commencing Monday, July 6. I've invited Nick Creta and the Drive Time team to deal with big questions of prophecy. This series answers some of the most profound and relevant issues that are impacting the Christian world in the early third millennium. Who is going to control the world? How will the world end? Who is the antichrist and has he already come? This is your opportunity to see what scripture reveals of a war that is hidden to most of humanity. The first presentation commences at 5 p.m. South Australian time and 5:30 on the East Coast on Monday the 6th of July. This is a series that you just must hear.
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Krita. Our co-host is Pastor Gary. Gary is our regular host on this program, but uh, will be living on long service leave just in a week's time. The big question for today, what does it mean to follow just Jesus? Pastor Gary, please
1: share with us what it is the issue here. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for that Nick, really do appreciate it and and can I say uh, that series that I know that you and the Drive Time team are going to be presenting I think is going to be a thoroughly exciting series, it's a series that I've actually taught myself many times and I absolutely love because it answers so many questions it puts so many things together that uh, people uh, don't actually understand until they really dig into the Bible and I I think you're going to have a fantastic time uh, with that uh, particular uh, series of big questions that come from the, uh, the prophetic word and, You know it was some time ago That I was actually contacted And I was asked to speak uh, To a youth group The subject was Just Jesus When I first got that, uh, uh, that subject I thought how wide, how deep This is going to be uh, Something I'm really looking forward to I typed Just Jesus Into Google and I discovered that it's actually a very, very popular and increasingly popular subject today. And how important is just Jesus? To have Jesus the centre of sermons, ha- have Jesus as the centre of our music and worship. How important is this? But you know, as I went onto the internet, I found that the theme is Everywhere, and not just uh, by individuals that uh, one might call particularly religious, you can get T-shirts that <laughs> have got a lot of themes on them concerning Jesus. Uh, many in my own church actually uh, emphasise the theme at the commencement of of one website. Uh, this is what what I read uh, and and I, I resonated with it we 're committed to the idea that a jesus driven Jesus bathed jesus backed, jesus led jesus filled jesus powered all about Jesus' church is the uncompromising directive from the past it 's the joy of our present and the hope for our future. We long to be like Jesus. I thought, what a beautiful statement that is powerful. That is so powerful. You know, in my preaching, in my teaching, in uh, in the times that I share with my church, I really want to see Jesus uplifted. So many, I discovered online, are so excited about this direction. It's occurring in many different Christian churches. But then in my preparation for that meeting to a group of young people, uh, some questions started to rise in my mind, and and it was these questions that I have to admit I really started to struggle uh, with. You see, the first question was this: Are there any dangers with having such a worthwhile objective? Because to me, it seemed to be just so out there it seemed to be so obvious and yet there were things being combined on the websites that didn't seem to reflect Jesus Christ do you know as I as I started to dig into this subject what I started to realize was that the just Jesus movement it while it is so wonderful, and while I want Jesus at the heart of everything I do, there are some dangers with it. You know, I actually turned to uh, uh, to Matthew chapter twenty four. Now, of course, I love uh, Matthew chapter twenty four because uh, this is a chapter where Christ is uh, sitting on the the Mount of Olives with a small group of of disciples. He's just he's just sharing, and I imagine him sitting there. It's a, it's a warm summer's day. Uh, there's green grass in the fields he's under a he's under a tree and the disciples it's a casual discussion and Jesus previously has been talking about the uh, the the destruction of the temple and his disciples are struggling about this and they link that destruction of the the temple to what they understand to be the, the second coming of Jesus Christ and they actually come to him and ask him some questions and he says and they ask this tell us when will these things be what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age do you know in my ministry i'm so conscious that that is probably one of the most popular questions i've ever encountered continually i actually find people asking me that particular question you see that question was asked to jesus in jesus day it's been asked preachers down through the age and i suggest to you that it's actually one of the most relevant questions to us today in fact i know it's one of those questions that uh, you're going to be dealing with when you deal with your prophetic series because it's really key how do you find it nick is that a fairly key
0: question Uh, absolutely gary and uh, you know when you think about jesus because uh, we are going to deal with the scripture, not only with the New Testament, but both, you know, New Testament and Old Testament. And sometimes we have that uh, confusion, probably, that uh, Jesus is only about the New Testament. Uh, But it's not true. And I believe what you're just saying here, that the big movement about only Jesus, just Jesus, which is very important, but don't forget to include the whole things,
1: what Jesus were and, and was and thinking. this, and this is so important. In fact, when Christ, you know, the thing that really stands out to me is that in this particular uh, chapter, in Jesus' answer to these these questions, he actually says some things that really jumped and re- jumped out at me and started to resonate in my mind, and I started to struggle with in many ways because what he uh, said was this in verse five: Jesus answered and said to them, them, take heed that no one deceives you. Now, this concept of deception is one that actually, uh, to me, um, is is incredibly important. We've been looking at it all week, but you know, when I was a, a young man, and that takes me back into the into the early uh, and mid seventies. I can well remember, you know, the days of me getting my my first car, and uh, I still remember the first car that I ever got. But I remember what my parents said to me in, they, in those days, and these. Days you can't do this but back then you could they said well, be careful that the speedo hasn't been wound back. You see in those days a disreputable person might have the ability to put their head under the, um, under the bonnet and they could wind back the, the speedo so a car was 200,000 kilometres on it actually only read that it had 30,000 kilometres and my parents I remember, don't be very careful buy from a reputable source you know um, I, I realised that if in fact a speedo has been wound back, and I didn't know that it had been wound back, do you know what I've been? Deceived. I've been deceived. But if I had stuck my head under the... If I had gone into the car yard and I saw the person under the bonnet winding back the speedo, and it was reading 30,000 kilometres instead of 200, and I still bought the car, was I deceived? Oh, you'll be ignorant. I'd be willingly ignorant. That's that's exactly what I would be. And, you know, that is exactly what's happening. Deception means that I've accepted something as genuine, not understanding that it was, in fact, a fake or false. And Christ, what he does here is he says, take heed that no one deceives you. And then he says this, for many will come in my name saying, I am the... Christ and I will and they will deceive many I am the Christ now to me you know this is something that really frightens me because if in fact Christ is warning he's saying that false Christs are going to come then why am I worried because you see if I go onto the internet today there are many who are saying "Uh, just Jesus do you know I'm happy to follow the Christ of the Scriptures. I want to follow the Christ of the Scriptures, but do you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to follow an impersonator. Mm. And, you know, this to me, with the Just Jesus movement, to me this is one of the really big issues out there. You know, it is so important that it with just Jesus I'm actually following the Christ of the Scriptures and not the Christ who might be an impersonator. You know, if I jump down to uh, verse 11, it says, and many false prophets. And, of course, the prophet is a, is a spokesperson for God. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. If I come across to verse 24 of uh, chapter twenty. Christ says it again. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. You know, to me, Nick, I look at this and I say, hey, Christ is giving, he's saying, don't be deceived because there's going to be people out there who are saying or presenting Christ who actually aren't representing Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if a person is saying just Jesus and there's so many different varieties of Jesus, then surely the one thing that we have to ask is what does it mean to have Jesus Christ? Do You know, as I look at this, I'm more and more convinced that it's actually the scriptures that are given to us in order to define what the real Jesus does actually look like. Do you know? The more I get into this, the more um, you know. The more I started to get some sort of understanding. Now, I uh, I did actually uh, ask the question. I thought, well, you know, are there false messiahs out there? Well, you know, I actually went onto the internet, and you know, it didn't take me long to actually find a few of people who were actually claiming. You know, mm. they were saying, you know, this. These are the obvious ones. There's other less obvious ones as well, but these are the obvious ones. I um. Uh, and, and Gary, there are many followers. Of those ones who claim ah, to be uh, Christ, Nick. This is so true. In fact, they started to quote the numbers of people who are following them. You know, I I came up with um, uh, one uh, one article. that said five false messiahs and why their claims to be Christ to be Christ contradict the Bible. Um, and then it went on to say this: Australian Alan Miller. Miami-based uh, Jose Miranda, a Brazilian-born uh, Henry Cristo, uh, Russia's Sergey Torop and Wayne Bent, who is currently imprisoned in New Mexico. These are men from different parts of the world all claiming, like dozens who've long gone before them, to be Jesus Christ. God's Messiah. Now, here's five named in just one article. Uh, Despite the warnings of Scripture, the article goes on to say, um, dozens of figures over time um, have claimed to be Christ and have attracted a following with detrimental consequences, such as with Jim Jones, that was way back, I think, in the 70s in the People's Temple, and David Corish and the Branch Davidians. The article then goes through and starts to talk about Each one of these individuals, we've got this Alan Miller, Alan Miller, a former IT specialist from Australia. It's amazing how so much comes out of Australia that possibly we don't want to come out of Australia. Uh, In his late 40s, raised brows, when it was reported by Sky News, that he'd been attracting a following uh, with his claims to be Jesus Christ reincarnated. Miller, who claims to have memories of the crucifixion, also says his companion, fellow Australian Mary Lark, is actually Mary Magdalene. Well, I suppose, you know, if you're... In one report, Miller was noted as saying in one of his videos, there's probably a million people who say they're Jesus and most of them are in asylums. Well, that's probably a very true statement as well. Do you know, as we look at these these five people, Jose Miranda, uh, Puerto Rican-born Jose Miranda, 67, not only claims to be the second coming of Jesus Christ, but he also claims to be the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how you can be both Christ and Antichrist. Then there's Henri Cristo, and of course that isn't his real name, but Brazilian-born uh, Alvaro Thess, he's 65, has been claiming for more than 30 years to be Jesus Christ reincarnated. You know, as I go through, as I look at these lists, I sort of turn around and say, hey, you know, was Christ, how accurate was Christ? Um, it talks about uh, Henry. Uh, he, uh, he usually recognized by his long hair and beard, a crown of thorns, a long white robe. In response to having been called crazy for claiming to be Jesus Christ, these said, I can be crazy, but not dumb. Uh, madness is different from dementia. It's the mother of philosophers, prophets, and inventors. The, the list just could keep on going, you know. But they're just the obvious ones. Do you know? One of the things I'm really conscious of is that there are also less uh, less uh, obvious ones. I'm so conscious that in uh, in Matthew chapter seven, uh, Christ actually spoke of um, a group of people, uh, or wolves wearing sheep's clothing. Nick, what? What does that mean? What does it mean when a wolf – what does Christ mean by that analogy? That's a very interesting, Gary, because, you know, uh, to be deceived,
0: as you just said, um, you're looking for false Christs, and you're thinking that they are going to do horrible things, you know, and they are uh, standing out, you know, uh, opposed. Yeah, to Jesus, yeah. but they look like, and you Indeed. mentioned, uh, I just came into my mind a name from Russia, Visarion of Siberia yes. and he dressed like Jesus, he mm. looks like Jesus, yes. uh, he has a lot of followers, he was by the way an ex uh, um, policeman in uh, in Russia, and he has so many followers, you know, yeah. he will dress himself like clothing with the um, lambs, you know, or the sheep Uh, Mm -hmm. He's not coming as uh,
1: Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think that that's the key thing, isn't it? Because what we've actually got here is people who are convinced that they're Jesus Christ, but there are so many others who they don't claim themselves to be Jesus Christ, but they claim to be presenting Jesus Christ. You know, there's a movement in the world today. It's just Jesus. It's in so many different denominations mm. now if in fact there are false Christs and if the book of Matthew says that there are actually going to be prophets that are going to be dressed uh, there are going to be um, wolves that are going to be dressed like sheep I've got to turn around and say hey is every person who preaches just Jesus are they really presenting the Jesus of the scriptures because you know what I want to do is I want to follow the Jesus of the scriptures I don't want to follow some imagine jesus which it is actually so easy to do
0: and that's what i said It uh, is so um hard to distinguish in between uh, some of these characters because they will do good things i mean yeah. as i mentioned this uh, gentleman he is involved with many uh charities and all good things you know but in the end is he representing jesus uh and uh if you look at the Bible, Bible mm. exactly as you you uh, look into chapter twenty-four in Matthew, yeah. tells a lot about Jesus, you yeah. know, and the false Christ. Yeah. and it's not
1: easy to distinguish if we don't have a good knowledge of the Scripture, and and that's where the Scriptures come in, isn't it? You know, mm. because here what we've got, what is the problem with preaching just Jesus? Do I want to be like Jesus? Yes. Do I want to preach Jesus? Yes. Yes. Do I want to sing about Jesus? Yes, I do. But do you know what I want to have is the Jesus of the Scriptures. I don't want to have uh, the Jesus of somebody's imagination, and that is what is I find Mm. so much on the Internet today. This, to me, I believe is a real challenge. It actually, to me, forces me to come back to the Word of God. It talks to me about the importance of the Word of God. That's absolutely right. Probably this is a good time just to take a short break. Gary,
0: please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. And we'll be back with you in a minute.
4: We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race, not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through God. Clues that they discover at the memories they uncover
1: Hello, my good friends. This is Pastor Gary. I'm daily host of Drive Time. I'm excited to be able to share with you a wonderful opportunity commencing Monday, July 6. I've invited Nick, Creta and the Drive Time team to deal with big questions of prophecy. This series answers some of the most profound and relevant issues that are impacting the Christian world in the early third millennium. Who is going to control the world? How will the world end? Who is the Antichrist and has he already come? This is your opportunity to see what scripture reveals of a war that is hidden to most of humanity. The first presentation commences at 5pm South Australian time and 530 on the East Coast on Monday the 6th of July. This is a series that you just must hear.
0: Welcome back. Just before this ad, you are listening to Christian uh, Bedal with uh, Find Us Faithful. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A with Nick Our co-host is Pastor Gary. And Gary is a regular uh, host on this program, but soon he will uh, go for a long service leave just in a week time. Uh, again uh, the question for today is uh, what does it mean to follow just Jesus? Practical uh, issues from question. Pastor Gary, what this seems to reveal is that commitment to biblical truth is not an optional extra. Yeah, Do you I th- think the scripture have become optional?
1: Yeah, I uh, Nick, I think to take the last question first, I think In many ways, to many people, the scriptures have indeed become an optional extra. You know, it's very easy to to simply uh, major On One particular uh, belief and fail to understand that the scriptures themselves are actually designed to lead us to Jesus Christ. You know, without the scriptures, we it's so easy to actually cherry pick uh, those things which we may or may not uh, believe. I'm uh, I'm so conscious that in the scriptures we're taught that there will be false Christ. You know, I really want to follow the Christ of the scriptures. That's the point of all of this. I I want Jesus to be number one in my life, but I want it to be the Christ of the Scriptures. There's something else as well that to me I, you know, I think is so important, and that's actually the text John 3.16. You know, Jesus is, is so core to Christianity. But John 3.16, probably the best known scripture in the entire world, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, in saying just Jesus, it's so easy to actually overlook the reality that we serve a God who gave. You know, Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ came as the gift of the Father. Uh, And I want to be able to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus actually spoke about. Yes, Jesus is to be central, but do you know uh, God the Father actually part played a significant part in our salvation as well. You know, I'm so conscious that the Holy Spirit was given by Jesus Christ to us and it was given to us in order that we might be able to be empowered to live like Jesus Christ. You know, I want to talk about Jesus but I also want to talk about the Father. I want to talk about the Spirit. I want to talk about the work of the Spirit in my life. But, you know, there's something, there's something else that I think is, is equally important in our understanding of what's actually going on here. You know, I, I want Jesus to be key to my theology. But, you know, in, in the New Testament continually, the picture that is actually painted is, um, is a picture of uh, believers who were growing in faith. You know, it's so easy to accept a, a Jesus Christ where, um, where a person doesn't grow in faith. You know, I, I think of the the book of Hebrews, for example, and uh, the Apostle Paul uh, was, um, is the author here, and, uh, and this is what he says. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or of faith towards God or the doctrine of baptisms or laying on of hands or resurrection of the dead or of eternal judgment and this we will do if God permits let us go on is what it says to perfection in other words he then lists out what he sees as the foundational principles that people who are who have accepted the Christian faith ought to be familiar with he says don't lay that foundation again but rather let Let us go on in faith. Do you know there's something here in the scriptures where is the phrase just Jesus, is it really saying what the scriptures are actually saying? You know, to me, uh, do I want Jesus to be the center of my faith? Yes, I do. But I want I want the Jesus who is the center of my faith. I want Him to be the Christ of the Scriptures. If He's not the Christ of the Scriptures, in all probability, He's actually an impersonator, and that's something that I don't want. Do you know? If I go across to even one of Peter's uh, letters, uh, what I find in uh, in Second Peter, Peter says something that I, when I first read it, I sort of thought, "Hey, that's almost a theologically problematic." because in first Peter chapter 1 verse 5 uh, down to 8 this is what Peter is saying in his letter to the to the churches but also for this very reason and giving all diligence add to your faith now hey hang on a moment now you know hey if in my current world uh, I go to a church and say I want you to add to your faith uh, most most churches would say hey that's uh, that's that's heresy of some description mm. Because how can you add to faith but The person who's saying this Is the great apostle Peter uh, What he says is this But also for this very reason Giving all diligence Add to your faith Virtue But then to virtue Add knowledge Then to knowledge I want you to add self-control To self-control I want you to add perseverance To perseverance Godliness To godliness, I want you to add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, I want you to add love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, to me, I'm I'm really interested there that very early in that list, um, he says, add to faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Why knowledge? Because, you know, I think it's physically possible for us to actually have a faith that is not based on knowledge. And a faith that is not based on knowledge is is open to accepting a, a huge amount of nonsense. Do you know, our world today, as I look on the Internet, there is so much nonsense that is spoken about religion. There is so many people do not have the necessary skills in order to be able to assess what Christ should actually look like mm. you know it's within the scriptures that what we find the real jesus is actually is actually displayed and what i want to do is i want to follow the real jesus and Gary, you know, I like
0: uh, how you read that That uh, is not enough only the knowledge and uh, the intellect, Jesus, the intellect, yes. you know, because uh, you need to add to all those virtues and all those things which you just uh, mentioned uh, before. Um, we are called to be followers of Jesus, to mm. know Jesus, to follow him, to do exactly the things which he did mm. while he was here on earth and uh, showing
1: us what to do. Yeah, what you've actually got here, if you like, is a is a really big package that's actually presented in the scriptures. You know, uh, sometimes we, you know, I, I hear preachers preach, and it's just okay. You know, uh, have faith, and, and and faith will actually be be enough. Um, well, actually, the reality is the way we are saved is actually by grace. For by grace are you saved, received through faith. But, you know, that's why it's so important to understand what the scriptural definition of faith actually is because faith doesn't save us, grace does. And to me, it's when we understand what the scriptural definition of faith is that we're able to move on in the Christian life and have incredibly power incredible power and wonderful success. That's good.
0: Hey, Gary, just um, before we come back to just conclude for today, we may go just for another song, yeah. um, this time with... Uh, uh, Fountain view and listen to this song and we'll come back in a minute. Thanks so much. <laughs> Uh, our time is almost uh, gone for today. Uh, Gary, just in a couple of words, uh, if you could just uh, bring us together
1: and we'll conclude with uh, prayer. Yeah, thanks so much, Nick. Uh, look, you know, to me, what this is saying to me, uh, Peter's epistle, again, uh, he's a, there's a powerful passage here. We didn't follow cunningly devised fables, but, but when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed Which you do well to heed As a light that shines in a dark place Until the day dawns And the morning star rises in your hearts You know to me what I find in the scriptures is the morning star that's actually rising in people's hearts. Uh, to me, that is so powerful because it's the scriptures that reveal the real Jesus Christ. You know, more than anything else, I want our people to know Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for the word of God. Thank you for giving it to us. Lord, thank you so much for giving us your son. And I pray, Lord, that indeed we might accept fully both of these we pray in jesus name amen
0: thank you uh, pastor gary uh, thank you very much everyone for joining us today we are going to leave you with a bit of music may god bless you and we'll uh, hear from you next time
5: come thou fount of every blessing My heart to sing Thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon Mount of thy redeeming love Here I raise my Ebenezer Here by thy great help I've come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to us at home, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the full of God, he to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. From sinning, I shall see thy lovely face. Clothed then in blood-washed linen, how I'll sing thy sovereign grace. Come, my Lord, no longer take.